Hey there, welcome in to another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, Christmas is coming and with it, the need to help many families. The annual Christmas cheer program is up and running. We talk with the chief elf about what's needed, how much is needed, and how many families who receive help never forget they got it. How not to get lost in the woods. Local OPP touting use of the What Three Words app during Crime Prevention Week. Pretty ingenious use of technology, we'll tell you more. And we meet an up-and-coming teen from Stroud, Anna Goldsmith, hoping to make a difference through her music. But first, Queen's Park has hatched a plan to get more houses built. Targets have been set, but Barry Mayor Jeff Lehman says it's not as simple as the Premier and the Housing Minister make it sound. He's with Barry 360's Ian McLennan. With the provincial announcement, I'm just at first blush when you heard it. Um, what was your gut reaction? My initial reaction is that the government um, continues to target the wrong thing in trying to solve this problem. So there's a number of aspects to this that I'd love to sort of talk about. Um, I guess the first thing is the 23,000 homes target for Barry. We already have 18,000 approved units. So, and, and it's not unusual for city council to approve 5,000 more units in a, in a single year. So it's not a question of what approve uh, 23,000 units or whether we would approve of the pledge that we're being asked to take. Uh, of course we can. Um, the problem is we're not seeing that many homes built because even though they're approved, uh, developers are not proceeding with them. And that's because there aren't enough people in the construction trades to build that many homes. And it's also because of supply shortages and inflation and other issues. So while I think, uh, you know, it will be up to the next council, but I strongly suspect that Barry can say yes to that pledge and yes to that target, actually accomplishing it is about other issues that weren't really addressed by the, the province in their bill yesterday. Did you feel um, it was there was maybe a suggestion that municipalities, uh, I don't know if the province actually said that, that municipalities aren't doing their due diligence? Well, I think there's been a talk track from the Premier and others going back about a year, uh, and I think it's driven by the, by the to some extent by the development industry, that says that municipalities are not approving enough housing or are too slow in doing it. I mean, first, I guess I would toot our own horn in the sense that the home building industry just ranked the city of Barrie number one in all of the GTA among municipalities for its pro-housing policies and because we're, they literally ranked us the best to do business with. So I don't think that's really the problem in Barrie. It may be that there are cities where NIMBY is so strong uh, or planning policy is so restrictive that not enough homes are being approved. But this is the really the, the piece that nobody, I think, is talking about, which is that municipalities often approve developments. You and I can probably both think of a dozen in Barrie, and then they don't go ahead. And, you know, the city of Barrie and, and really any municipality doesn't turn down a building permit. We, we keep working with people until they get their permit, and they give us enough detail to get the permit. So... While that can take a long time, if you have planning approval, there's nothing standing in your way of building from a municipal perspective. It's really other issues in the economy and in some cases due to speculation and, and other issues with the development industry. And Mayor, at the, the 23,000, do you know where the province got that figure from? Were you ever consulted on that? No, I'm, I'm a little puzzled by it because uh, 
to be frank, we probably have plans to build more than that already. Uh, if you look at the next ten years, but I think I think maybe where this is coming in is, you know, the the, the city of Barrie plans may plan to approve more than that number of units, but that doesn't mean they'll get built because there's there's two different things. There's the number of developments that that are approved, the number of homes that are approved. And then there's the number, like I said, that actually get built. And uh, I can tell you that we've worked very hard to increase that number in terms of, you know, trying to get building permits out faster and encouraging developers to move through the approvals process faster. Uh, and we've seen some success with that. I've been tweeting the monthly numbers as our building reports come out, which show that housing starts in Barry are way up. But the reasons that uh, not all houses that are approved or apartments that are approved get built uh, really don't have to do with municipalities. They have to do with the economy. They have to do with the labor market. Now they have to do with rising interest rates. And Mayor, the Association of, of uh, Municipalities of Ontario indicated yesterday concern about the rollback or um, limit on developers' fees uh, impacting the people yep. that would move into those homes. Um, and I guess for layman terms that people, you know, don't understand maybe developer fees. Is that a component that's critical and concerns you? Yes. Uh, what the Ford government is saying is that instead of growth paying for growth, instead of developers and or new home buyers paying for growth, he wants you and I to pay for growth through our property taxes. And that's wrong. It's, it, it's, it's wrong that um, the people of Barrie or Toronto or Hamilton who already own properties or are renting an apartment through our rent when we rent a house or, a, or an apartment, it's wrong that people who are already paying property taxes should be expected to also shoulder the costs of growth. The cost of growth should be covered by growth. Growth should pay for growth. That's been the principle that we have strive towards in Ontario, in Barrie in particular, for now almost 40 years. And uh, the Ford government seems to want to download that cost onto property taxpayers now. They have signaled that they will try and work with the federal government to uh, uh, prevent that cost from being downloaded and actually come from federal housing funds. And if they do that, Ian, this is a really good idea because you know, the, the single largest government cost in, in the cost of a new home or apartment is the development charge. It's what we levy to pay for roads and pipes and libraries and parks and transit and everything we do. Somebody needs to pay that bill. I don't think it should be you and I. I think that bill, um, the, the cost of that infrastructure should come out of infrastructure and housing funding that already exists at both the provincial and federal level. It used to be in this country that the federal and provincial governments paid for a lot of the costs of new infrastructure. They stopped doing that, so municipalities had to make up for it somewhere, and what we did is to put it onto the price of a new home. So if they want to cut that, which I actually think is a good way to reduce the government cost of new housing, the government fees that are part of the cost of new housing, it's a good idea. But you must not dump that onto existing property taxpayers. That's breaking a 40-year-old principle and downloading the cost onto municipalities. Where that cost should come from is federal and provincial infrastructure funding.
And finally, Mayor, um, the Minister Clark indicated when the municipalities uh, referenced that, that the municipalities have $8 billion in development, uh, you know, reserves. What's, what's Barry's status there? Yeah. So there's a couple of things there. That number gets thrown around by the industry to make it look like municipalities are swimming in cash. It's just plain false. Most of that $8 billion is already committed to building infrastructure that takes time. So that $8 billion is spread across uh, 444 municipalities in Ontario, and some have more than others. It's true. Some cities have reserves. The City of Barrie's development charge reserve is in a negative position today. So we are not swimming in cash. <laughs> the, the reality is uh, the City of Barrie's reserve funds, you know, in my time as mayor and through the last three councils, we have used those reserves to build infrastructure, and we do not have a big balance in them. All of the balance that exists is already committed to infrastructure that needs to be built to support the plan to grow. So if you, you know, if you, if you say to municipalities, oh, go dip into your reserves, uh, I'm sorry, but that cupboard is bare. Uh, we have already spent, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the reserves to fund growth. Uh, we have a small amount in some of our reserves that we can use to fund projects over the next few years. But, you know, especially in some other cities where they're being asked to accept a higher target, so they're going to have to build more expensive infrastructure. You know, the notion that they're, they have money sitting in a sock drawer to pay for it is is just plain wrong. Barry Mayor Jeff Lehman in conversation with our Ian McLennan. Safer, stronger, together, the mantra for Crime Prevention Week in Ontario. Southern Georgian Bay OPP Constable David Hobson using this week to promote the What Three Words app. With hunting season underway and hikers on the many trails through Simcoe County forests, he says it's easy to become disoriented. And as he tells Barry 360's Will Conkin, it can be just as easy to be found. Crime Prevention Week is going on. Why did you decide to focus the week around being safer by using a location technology with this uh, What Three Words app? The OPP uses as well as um, a large number of police services across Canada the What Three Words app, which is a very precise location app. Is a very simple way to communicate a, an extremely precise location, and the uh, technology has been used right across Canada and and a lot in Ontario, uh, including Barrie, uh, for using it for anything from rescuing a pet to locating lost or injured snowmobilers or lost people uh, with pinpoint accuracy. Could you um, describe the app a little bit more and kind of break it down? What is like these what three words? Like why are there three words? What's the purpose of it? Every address like we know of, like your house number or your lot number, uh, is specific to your location or your, your house number, shall we say. Uh, what three words the company itself has identified uh, three square meters uh, and visualize a, square, a small square that's three meters in size, three square meters in size, and they've identified three particular words for every square on the entire earth. And doing so, uh, everything has a very unique address. So if you if you can visualize on your front lawn, if you were to move three square meters to the left or three square meters to the right, it would identify a different and very unique address for that location. So doing that, uh, it enables uh, call takers to locate and dispatch resources right to the uh, to a very exact scene. Uh, 
And of course, during this and using this, like this is not the only thing that we use. Emergency services are trained to gather as much information about the location as they can about persons in distress. Consequently, we use a number of different technology methods that will help them identify the caller's locations. Uh, and what three words is one of those tools that we'll use to locate a person. So say I go for a hike and I am in an area without service and I have the app on my phone. What do I do? Can I maybe break it down? So what you would do is open the app. You, Using the app, you would... Uh, Locate yourself on the on your screen uh, using the map that's on the on the phone, and at that point you would save it, or you remember you can save into the app that location, or should you memorize the the what three words, and then you would have to move your location to either get cell service, find a landline, or somebody should have a sat phone, and communicate those three words to emergency services. This is a great tool in its own, but are there still like some other um, tips and tricks people should know when maybe to couple this in with while they are out and possibly in an emergency situation? Should they stay in one place as best as possible? What else can they do kind of to couple in with this app? Well, the biggest uh, piece that would go with the technology part of it would be is to leave leave your home uh, or enter into the bush or whatever or whatever activity you're doing with a fully charged cell phone. That would be first and foremost. Uh, in that app, uh, I also need to mention is there is the function of a compass. Seems like a long lost art of looking at a compass, but uh, there is a, a compass in the app. But as well. There's nothing wrong with a person taking a compass when they go into the bush if they're going into an area they don't know where they're going. Um, taking a small first aid kit that may have some matches, maybe a, a candy bar, um, something of that nature, uh, should they get stranded out there. And, and wearing appropriate clothing would be, and footwear would be another uh, added bonus. And uh, telling a partner a friend, a family member, as to where you're going and what time you might be home, that would be probably some pretty big points right there as well. The app is free to download as well. It's a free app. Uh, like I said before, it's uh, one of the many tools, but uh, the OPP Communication Centre across the province of Ontario are using them, as well as uh, Barry City Police. Uh, they have a great story as well early in the year where there was a rescue of a woman with her children that were lost. The app was used and uh, subsequently she was located and rescued uh, quite quickly. Other are agencies across Canada as well and around the world. It, this is a, a, an app that's used, I would say, uh, uh, on a much greater level uh, in other countries in the world. How can people find out more information about the app? Uh, really just Google what the, the word what, W-H-A-T, the number three, W-O-R-D-S, what three words. OPP Constable David Hobson chatting with our Will Conkin. What Barry's talking about is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. You can make it easy to connect by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through any podcast distributor. Still to come on What Barry's Talking About, a local teen using her music to help others find their voice. And it's going to be tight this Christmas, tighter for some than for others. Barry's Christmas Cheer, one of many charities stepping in to ensure it is a Merry Christmas for all. Now this. Do you feel like you'll only get into our birthday bash when pigs fly? Luckily for you, they are soaring over at rock95.com. 
and they could get you into our birthday bash. Check out Sam Roberts and Monster Truck on the Paul Sadlin stage. And we got over $100,000 in prizes to give away. But in the meantime, here are just a few shows to tie you over. Like at Casino Rama, they have April Wine coming to the area on November 12th. November 15th at History over in Toronto. Nickelback have their Get Rollin' album release party going on. November 19th at the Noella Tree Lighting Ceremony here in Barrie. We are bringing you the Strumbellas. November 19th over at the Danforth Music Hall. Matthew Good's going to be in the area. November 23rd over at the Paul Sedlin Arena here in Barrie. Three Days Grace is coming around. November 25th at Casino Rama. You could be seeing the Bare Naked Ladies. November 27th back at History. It's Three Days Grace. December 3rd at the Danforth Music Hall. You could be checking out the Trues. December 10th at Massey Hall. It's Glass Tiger and Blackstone Cherry. And on December 23rd at the Danforth Music Hall, the Trues are having a very special Christmas show. Check out details on all these shows, get tickets, or maybe win your way into the Rock 95 Birthday Bash. Visit rock95.com. Rock 95. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. She sings, she dances, she does just Anna things. 15-year-old Anna Goldsmith of Stroud making a mark in music. She has a new single out and stopped by to chat about it with Barry 360's MJ. So you um, have had some really exciting things happening lately. You have a brand new song and um, a video to boot with it. Uh, tell me a little bit uh, about it. Yeah, so um, my song that just came out about a couple weeks ago and the video is called Follower and it's really about trying to find yourself and be who you are just because you want to be that person. What was the inspiration for this song? Well, I was kind of just sitting in my room and I was brainstorming song ideas because I really didn't know what I wanted to write about at the time and then I realized that when I was a smaller kid than I am right now, (laughs) I really struggled finding my own voice and that does not feel good and so that inspired me to write the song so that other people could find their voice maybe when I couldn't. And this is not your first song that you've recorded is it? No I actually have another song called Shine which I wrote for a short film that I was in two summers ago I believe and it's about just being yourself again, because that's really my main message. Be bold and be yourself. How long have you been interested in in, in music? Well, if I'm being honest, I've been interested in music my whole entire life. But I started singing lessons when I was around nine years old, and I was classically trained. And then I moved into more like pop vocals and trying to write my own music just like three years ago, like a couple years ago. Is there a certain type of genre that you tend to gravitate more towards or see yeah. sort of like the whole scene? I actually listen to a lot of like rock music, like alternative rock music. And so like I've got some Metallica on my playlist, like we got to have Metallica. But um, I really write more pop rock because I love a good guitar and drum scene in there. So. When it comes to like your your music, do you write your music as well or just the lyrics or how is that working? Um, So I get sent a track of like the background music and stuff. And then what I do is, and this is the one that works better for me because artists do a lot of different things, of course. And I write all my lyrics and then I send it to my producer and we talk about it and then we go and record it. Let's go back to Shine a couple of years ago about uh-huh. this short film. What is it about and how did how did you get involved in that? Well, actually, my friend wrote it and she's amazing. But um, 
she wrote the short film and it's called Sarah Snow and the Seven Dancers. And it's about um, Sarah Snow or it's spinoff of Snow White, obviously. <laughs> but it, it's about um, Sarah Snow trying to find herself in the ballet world and um, trying to express herself through dance. And I was asked to write a song for it. And I was like, yes, I want to write a song for this. I got straight to it. I went to my room and I wrote Shine, and Shine is really about um, how you can find your inner sparkle if you try your best and set your mind to it. I love that, and I think right now, and I'm really sorry, I'm far from a teenager, <laughs> but we're hearing, you know, things are really hard for teens, and especially with social media that, you know, some people mm-hmm. my age don't really understand that growing up, because I didn't have it till I was in my 20s, and I was able to decipher a, yeah. a bunch of stuff. But how are you hoping that this song, you know, will help maybe some teens that are going through a tougher time? Or I know personally how it feels to not like feel like you know who you are and it's very hard it's very difficult and it's something that like I hold really close to my heart right and so I want my audience who's like really people of any age or people who want to find who they are and be bold and just be able to express themselves no matter what and I'm trying to get that message out through my music um because also that's just like a really fun way to do it. What's the reception been like from like your school, your peers, your friends? Everyone is awesome. <laughs> I, I've had so much support and it's so amazing. Like my parents, my mom's here with me today. And, and also my friends, they all like listen to my music and they'll get me, they'll get me listens on Spotify <laughs> and everything. And even like my publicist, Eric, amazing. Like everybody has been so amazing and I'm so happy for the support that I'm getting from everyone. Where would you ultimately like to uh, see things progress for you? I want to be a singer. <laughs> I know that's pretty I know that's a pretty vague response but like when you get up on stage it's just like that feeling it's like you're in it and you love it like you want to do nothing else and that's what I get personally and it also makes me feel like I can do anything and that I'm bold and that I'm being what my message is and that actually helps me express to the audience what I want for them and what I want to see them succeed at and so I think that um, I really want to be a singer and I want to be an influence on people so that they know that they can be themselves. If you could have <laughs> coffee with anyone, Lady alive Gaga. or dead, who would it be? Lady Gaga. <laughs> Always Lady Gaga. <laughs> Amazing. I love her so much. Yeah. She's like my favorite. I actually did a project on her um, for a class at my school for careers and it was like she is amazing the more and more i researched about her i was like she is my in my brain somehow i love her so much she's just so bold and she's fun and she wants people to express themselves we feel like we have a similar message is there any new music on the horizon for you um, or well i actually am working on creating an album right now and with bloom purple records uh and i'm really excited about it it's like a pop rock album as i was talking about that's like my little genre um and I'm going into the studio later today, actually, to record some stuff. So that's pretty cool. Uh, if people want to, um, I guess, uh, follow you or, or, or get your music, how yeah. would they go about doing that? Um, you can find me on Instagram at It's Anna Goldsmith with the at sign at the beginning. And um, also on TikTok at It's Anna Goldsmith. And you can find my music 
on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime Music, like all the streaming platforms. Her enthusiasm is infectious. Anna Goldsmith in conversation with Barry 360's MJ. It is the most wonderful time of the year for some, not so much for others. In addition to retailers getting ready for Christmas, so are the charities hoping to ensure there are happy faces all around this time of year. Barry's annual Christmas cheer campaign among the first out of the gate and facing an increase in demand this year. Here again is Barry 360's Ian McLennan with Christmas cheer president Steph Quenville. There is something new about the campaign in terms of the fundraising request is higher than previous years. Why is that and uh, how much more are you seeking? So there's a few reasons. Uh, so one, there's quite a few reasons why the, 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 the demand is a little higher this year. So part of it is obviously is inflation. Uh, inflation is much higher this year than it has been in the past. And it's costing us more money to buy the things that we need to buy, food and toys and, and our donations. Because we've had a campaign in COVID for the last two years, we haven't accepted donations. We're anticipating that obviously some of the donations will be smaller this year in terms of toys and food than they would have been in the past. The schools are no longer in the habit of, of helping us out, so they're going to start their programs again, but there's going to be a delay. So we're, we're trying to be optimistic and, and just rec- recognize early that uh, we'll probably be short on, on some of the things that we're normally given and we'll end up having to purchase a bit more. And, of course, with inflation, it'll cost more. And how many people, families, uh, individuals are you expecting to assist? And uh, uh, what is the coverage area of Christmas cheer? So it'll be 1,750 families is, is our goal for who we're going to help this year. Uh, and primarily what we'll do is we'll support um, uh families in the Barrie and district community. So we have Barrie, we have Innisfil, Cookstown, some areas of Coldwater and Oral. So the, the, the Christmas hamper um, specifically, it, it's toys and then, and, and then food that um, these families and individuals will, will pick up closer to the uh, 25th? Yeah, correct. So what we'll have them do on the, uh, so I believe the 22nd of distribution day, uh, they'll come and pick up uh for every child, there will be a box, a bag, sorry, a bag of toys. And that includes a puzzle, a game, uh, some crafts, um, all kinds of stuff. So a bag for every child under uh, the thought of teenager. And everyone who's 11 and over will get a gift card to go shopping so that they can go get the thing they want for their child. And then for food, we give a box full of food, which lasts, give or take, a week. And then we also provide enough for turkey dinner so that they can have a beautiful turkey dinner, and that week seems more normal and natural, like a regular family. They don't have to go out and, and worry about food. Now, all those items uh, that are collected uh, have to be sorted. Um, do you need some volunteer elves still, and how can people get involved if so? Yeah, our program has changed a ton because of COVID, and, and so the answer is we absolutely will still need some volunteers. Uh, we don't launch that part of the website until later in November, but when we do, they'll just go to Barry Christmas, sorry, ChristmasCheerBarry.com, and we have a volunteer section there where they can sign up for any open positions we might have. How long have you been affiliated with Christmas Cheer? I started about 10 years ago. Uh, I kind of got in by accident, and uh, uh, Ted kept asking me to come and help out in the executive. Uh, we ran a golf tournament for Christmas Cheer, and he thought it'd be great if I could help and support it. We didn't originally commit and then uh ted of course the president at the time something happened to the vice president came on and came back and said are you sure you can't reconsider 
and I joined at that time, and I didn't know much about the charity. Um, and I'll tell you, once you've seen it happen, uh, it's hard to walk away. So it's, it's a great experience for me. And now this is my second term uh, as president because we're trying to reestablish, of course, what we were doing prior to the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of things to restructure. And one of the heartwarming things that we always hear about from, we've heard uh, from you and previous presidents, the, the people that have been assisted by um, Christmas cheer um, end up donating or, or volunteering their time. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and the other thing we don't also realize is how life-changing it is for some of these people because we just think we're giving them a Christmas present and, 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 and we don't recognize that for them it just means they have a Christmas that they probably wouldn't have had otherwise. And um, uh, I've had many people come to us in the past say, uh, we didn't realize we were poor at Christmas because of Christmas cheer. And then when we got older, we really appreciated everything that was done for us. And now here's why we're giving stuff back to you now. And if people want more information about the campaign, um, how do they find out? Uh, either our Facebook page, which is uh, uh, Facebook Christmas Cheer on Facebook, or ChristmasCheerBerry.com is, is our website. As I mentioned, Christmas Cheer, not the only charity helping out this Christmas. We'll feature more of them in the coming weeks. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to MJ, Ian, and Will for their input, and to Matt Ladder for his technical expertise. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.